Hello and welcome to the Today Not Tomorrow podcast. My name is Oscar Isaacson and this podcast is brought to you by CrossFit TNT. Today I'm going to talk about running, how to get better at it, what kind of technique things you need to think about, maybe a few other tips as well. So today's podcast episode is all about running. One of the most common statements I hear at the gym is, I want to get better at running. Usually I hear this after a running workout. Maybe there was some running in the workout. You didn't perform as well as you wanted to. And now you're saying, I want to get better at running. Most of the people that say this don't spend a whole lot of extra time actually running. That is the most important thing that you need to do. If you want to get better at running, it's not going to be through a podcast or through a YouTube clip. It's going to be you hitting the road, doing the work. It doesn't matter if you have super fancy shoes or a super fancy program. One of my favorite ways to get better at running is actually a very easy program. Try and run a little bit every day. Every day, do a little bit of running. It could be 400 meters after class. It could be a one mile jog after work when you're taking a day off from the gym. Doesn't have to be super long. You just need to do a little bit of running every day. This is a very good way to gradually get used to running, get into the habit of running, figure out what you, what you like and what you don't like. One of the most common mistakes I see when people try and get better at running is they go from not running at all to just go out and try and do five miles. Sitting on the couch, not doing any running, not being ready for it, and then just trying to take off and do three miles. It needs to be slower. It needs to be gradual. You're going to run into issues when you go from not doing a whole lot of volume and then all of a sudden cranking it up. You need your feet to get used to it, your calves, your shins, your ankles, Whatever you have um, that might give you a little bit of issue when you start running a lot, it needs to be slow, it needs to be gradual, and you're going to be able to avoid a ton of problems. That doesn't mean that running is dangerous or not good for you. It just means that you slowly need to work your way up. Same thing if you wanted to get better at push-ups. You're not going to go from not being able to do a push-up to try and do 300 of them. There are people that have ran One marathon every day in every single state in the U.S. 50 days in a row. So there's no running too much or overdoing it. You can run a ton if you slowly build up to to it and you're consistent. If you don't like the idea of a running streak where you try and do a little bit of running every day, that's fine. Another great way to go about it is to try and hit the running days at the gym. We're probably going to run in CrossFit class one to two days per week. We're probably going to run in swift class one to two days per week. So if you're looking to get better at running and you don't want to just go out and do a long run on your own, trying to hit the days we do some running in class is going to be a great way to make sure that you stay on top of your general physical preparedness as well as getting those uh, running steps in as well. That's a huge benefit of having the option of choosing between swift class and crossfit class as well as joining the CrossFit TNT's community page on Facebook. We can see the whole week lined out for you. You can pick the days where you know this is going to be a good running day for me. Or if you're doing some running practice on your own, you feel like this is something I can do on my own. I like to go slower without anyone yelling at me. Then you can purposely pick the lifting days as well. If you look at the top CrossFitters, they got a ton of gymnastics work to do, weightlifting, accessory work, they're not going to have the time to run every single day. So the people that are the best at running, they work with Chris Hinshaw. That's going to be Matt Frazier, Katrin David's daughter. They usually do one long session each week. So one session where they try and push the distance a little bit more. 
and they do a speed session. So they work on speed. They're on a track for this one usually, doing 200s, 400s, 800s at the most maybe. So if you don't like the idea of a run streak or if you don't have the option of just kind of picking and choosing the days you come in at the gym and you want to do some running on top of that, doing one session a week where you focus on speed and one session a week where you're focusing on longer distance is going to be a great way to go about it. The long session, you can slowly build up. Maybe start at three miles and then add a quarter mile, half a mile each each session. For the speed session, you're going to knock out some 200s, 400s, 800s. Give yourself enough time to recover so that you can run fast and run well without getting too tired and sloppy. You should also know that you can progress in your running without doing a ton of running. There's tons of exercises we do at TNT that's going to help you with running. Some of my favorites are jump roping. It's a good conditioning for not your heart and lungs, but your calves as well. Box jumps is going to be a, be a great lower intensity plyometric exercise. Walking lunges is going to use those same driving muscles. It's going to condition you and give you strength for tougher sessions or if you're going uphill and need to push it a little bit extra. This sled is going to be phenomenal as well. And the rushing kettlebell swing. Those are some of my favorite non-running exercises that's going to help you with running. So we got double unders, we got box jumps, we got lunges, we got the sled, we got kettlebell swings. If you're doing those things on top of just general conditioning too, if you get better conditioning just being on the bike and being on the rower, that is still something that's going to help carry over to running. So even if you have a big running workout coming up and you feel like you haven't been on top of the running up until that point, don't just discredit yourself and tell yourself it's not going to be a good running workout because you might have a great running workout. When it comes to shoes and equipment, there's a lot of things you can look at. You can go to some store that's got a bunch of fancy terms like pronating, supinating, heel strike, whatever they're talking about. A great indicator of what a good running shoe is, comfortability. If you put the shoe on and it feels comfortable, guess what? It's going to be a pretty good shoe for you. That has a way higher correlation to being a good running shoe for you compared to those all other fancy metrics that you can look at. So Put the shoe on. If it feels good, give it a little bit of a try. If it's comfortable, it's most likely going to be a pretty good shoe for you. The Metcons and the Nanos, they're great for 200s, 400s at the most. They are more designed for air squats, box jumps, lifting, staying in place a little bit more. If you're going to go over half a mile, over a mile, then you need something with a little bit more cushion. It doesn't have to be that way. But that's what I prefer and that's what I see a lot of people like using as well. Running, you want it to get fun. You want it to be as much fun as possible. And if you have a real firm shoe that doesn't really uh, move well with you, it's not going to be as much fun. It's not going to be as smooth. So that's when I really recommend having a good pair of running shoes. What's a good pair of running shoes? Something that's comfortable to you. We've covered some programming. We've covered some equipment stuff. Now we're going to talk about technique. Running technique. Everyone's going to be a little bit different. We're all built a little bit differently. What works for someone is not going to work for someone else. But one thing that's pretty universal is posture. Whenever I look at people run, sometimes you just look defeated before you even take off and start running. Here's what you need to do. You don't want to look like a sack of potatoes. Pull your shoulders back. Try and lift your chest up a little bit. Keep your eyes on the horizon. And then try and look energized. If you slouch forward, if you have poor posture, if you're looking down into the ground, if you just look generally tired, that's going to affect your 
energy as well. So try and trick your brain a little bit right here. Pull the shoulders back, keep the eyes on the horizon, not on the ground in front of you. Make sure you look as energetic as possible. This might sound a little bit wooey to you, but give it a try. Give it a try on a 400 when you feel yourself kind of crumbling over. You're doing an 800 and it's 95 degrees out and you got two rounds to go when you're not feeling that great. Try and trick yourself. Try and make a conscious effort towards better posture. That's going to take your mind off of how awful the work it is and it's going to focus it on something else, something tangible that you can work on, which is posture. Unless you're doing a very short all-out sprint, your arms should not be moving a whole lot. Keep your arms as quiet as possible. We just talked about the shoulders staying back. Your arms should not be swinging across the body. They should be going back and forward. If you have a salt shaker in your hand and you move your arms, the salt should be going straight forwards. It's not going across the body. As soon as you start rotating and twisting, your lower body is going to have to come up with stuff to kind of balance you out. So keep the upper body as quiet as possible. If anything, it's moving straight back and forward. It's not going side to side. Cadence is a huge factor in running. If you look at good runners compared to less good runners, the good runners is going to take more steps over the same distance even if they run in a shorter time. So elite runners, they take more steps. And if you take an elite runner and you tell them to take more steps, they're going to do even better. This might be kind of hard to wrap your head around on a podcast. You need to try this when you go out. Instead of being slow, kind of hitting the ground, leaving the foot on the ground for a long time, try and pick your feet up a little bit more. Try and take more steps and try and spend less time on the ground. This might sound a little bit counterintuitive, but this doesn't have to force you to run faster going forward. I'm not telling you to run faster. I'm just telling you to take more steps. You can stand in place and run and you're not going anywhere. You can stand in place and run and try and pick up your feet as fast as you can. You're still not going anywhere. So cadence and speed is not going to be the same, but having a higher cadence is going to prevent you from landing with your foot way out in front of you. If you land with your foot in front of your hips, you're automatically slowing yourself down. That foot is out in front of you. Your hips are behind you. That's your center of gravity. Each time your foot hits the ground, when it's in front of the center of gravity, it's going to slow you down. So you're going gas, brake, gas, brake if you're taking a long step. Long step is not good. You don't want to stride it out. Striding it out is horrible. You want to take more steps. You want to be fast on the ground. You want to pick those feet back up again so that you land underneath you and behind you. You're going to feel like you're prancing a little bit at first, but it's going to help you keep moving in a much more steady pace. It's not only going to help you to not put the brakes on when you put your foot down in front of your center of gravity, but it's going to help decrease the impact on your legs. If the legs way out in front of you, you're putting the brakes on brakes, that's wasted energy. If that foot lands right underneath you or slightly behind you, it's going to be a much softer landing on your foot, on your ankles, on your knees, and your lower back as well. Another smaller technique detail that makes a big difference is oscillating. If you're watching someone running from the side, let's say you're just standing still and you watch someone pass you by, if you kind of draw a straight line from the top of their head, 
ideally that line is as straight as possible. You don't want that to be bouncing up and down as you move across the 400. If you have to travel an inch up, an inch down, an inch up, an inch down with each step, that's gonna end up being a ton of work over 400 meters, 800 meters, a mile. It's gonna be a ton of wasted energy. The goal is to keep that as level as possible. This is not as much of a common mistake as being too slow on the cadence, but it is something to think about. When you're running, you wanna be as smooth and level as possible. If you feel yourself bouncing up and down, you're wasting a lot of energy. Foot strike is a huge part of running. Before we talked about cadence, how taking more steps helps to slow you down less when you run, but it also helps you to land a little bit better on your foot. You wanna land on the ball of the foot, heel gently touches the ground and then comes back up again. You don't wanna land on your heel, you don't wanna run on your toes only, you want your foot to hit right underneath the hips, maybe slightly behind you. Ball of the foot hits the ground, heel touches and then comes back up again. That's gonna decrease the impact on your foot, your ankle, your knees and your lower back. And that's a huge win. If there's less impact when you run, you can run more often, it's not gonna be as tiring. So landing, you want it to be ball of the foot, heel touches, come back up again. That's hard to do and practice and feel if you got a thick uh, sole on your shoes. So a fun drill to do is to kick your shoes off and do a little bit of running. Just kick your shoes off, jog a little bit in place and take off running a little bit and see what happens. It's gonna feel way different. Make sure you're warmed up when you do this. Make sure you have a nice surface to do this on. You can do it on turf and grass. If you know it's gonna be decently level, you can see what's in front of you. You don't wanna do this for a very long distance because your feet, your feet are very weak and deconditioned from being uh, tucked in a nice cushioned shoe all day. But it's a great way to kind of feel out how you land on the ground. So kick the shoes off, do a little bit of jogging in place and try and take off into a slight jog and see how that feels. It's gonna feel way different compared to how you run with your shoes on. There's no way you're gonna just throw that heel out in front of you and try and land on your foot. Your body's gonna stop you from doing that and you're gonna get a good sense of what your um, landing should be like. The mental part of running is huge. What you focus on is gonna make all the difference in a running workout. You can focus on the heat, you can focus on how tough the workout is, you can focus it on some other stuff that happened on work earlier that day. My favorite um, thing to think about when I do a running workout is to think about the stuff that I just talked about. If you think about your posture a little bit, if you think about the cadence, if you go through a checklist, you check, am I oscillating? Am I bouncing up and down? How am I landing on my foot? Thinking about those things is gonna move the focus away from how rough the workout is. This takes a little bit of extra effort at first. Maybe you feel like, oh, there's so many things I gotta think about. You're gonna get better and better at doing this. It's way more fun to think about posture, cadence, oscillating, your foot strike, than to think about how brutal the workout is, how tough the burpees are, and when you get inside, you gotta start lifting again, and you're still sore from Monday's workout. Take that stuff, push it aside, focusing on the technique. That is the biggest mental uh, trick that you can do uh, when you run. It's not only gonna give you better form when you do run, but it's gonna take the focus off all the stuff that you don't wanna think about. Heat is a big factor right now. It's very hot out. If you do a running workout, know that it's really good for you. Heat stress is really good for your body. You are very efficient at cooling yourself down. 
people that use the sauna regularly are way healthier than people that don't. Your body is supposed to deal with this stress. It doesn't get enough of the stress. That's why we get soft and gooey. So we need to get out of our nice uh, air-conditioned offices and we need to get outside and do some 400 meter runs in 95 degree heat. It's going to make your heart stronger. It's going to make your lungs stronger. It's going to give you tons of benefit. You obviously don't want to push this too far. If you stop sweating, that's not a good sign. If you start getting pale, that's not a good sign. Hopefully that's not going to happen. You're going to enjoy the benefits of working out in the heat. One of my favorite hydration tips is to use a liquid IV. I've talked about this and done some posts on this already. Pickle juice is something that's going to help with cramps as well. And hydration is not going to happen during your workout. Whatever you drink during the workout, during a 7-minute AMRAP, it's not going to do you any good. It's going to slow you down, if anything. Hydration happens 23 hours a day, and that is the 23 hours outside of the gym. You need to start early in the morning. You need to drink throughout the day, and you make sure you need to get the electrolytes from fruit and vegetables as well. When it comes to eating for a running workout... You want to be light going into a running workout. Some workouts you can do with a little bit more food in the system. If you're doing just deadlifts and squats, you can kind of eat before and be fine. If you're hopping on a bike, you're not bouncing around. You can eat a ton of food, get on a bike and still be fine. But with running, there's a little bit of that up and down movement. You get pretty sweaty, you get pretty hot. Uh, Your heart rate is going to get up high. So for a running workout, you just want to make sure that you're hydrated. That happens hour out in advance. And you want to make sure that you don't have anything heavy in your system as well. To summarize this podcast, if you want to get better at running, you need to do some running. That could be a run streak. That could be actively targeting the run workouts at the gym. Or it could be hitting up one speed session and one long session each week. When it comes to technique, focusing on two things. Take more steps and land nice and softly. Take more steps than you want to. It's going to feel a bit funny at first. And then just listen for your foot strike. If you're making a lot of noise hitting the ground, you're not doing it right. Make it as quiet and smooth as possible. The quote of the week is, Can't talk butterfly language with caterpillar people. I got this quote from Courtney. I thought it was pretty awesome. She had a fun comment about it as well. She said, butterfly people are going to get it. Caterpillar people are not. I'm excited about the workouts we have coming up this week at the gym. I hope that you are as well. I'll see you at the gym.